Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're in chapter 11 today where we left off last week. Uh, We took a break for the weekend, and now we're back uh, in our continuing study. We're in an area where uh, uh, they're talking about head coverings, um, how people should cover up their head. And um, I must admit, I um, probably don't have as much insight into this section as I could, um, but I'm going to give you my first uh, reactions to this and what McGee was talking about. We mentioned last time, um, verse 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So that um, seems to, uh, you know, I think maybe that's a good reference spot to start that everything points to Christ in Paul's letters and he's trying to he's trying to get into the day-to-day routine stuff to give advice on the day-to-day routine stuff and so really when you get down to it you know we have liberty in Christ but that liberty is limited by love so we want to do everything we can for God's glory not our glory and how do we do that how do you put that into place and Paul's basically saying Imitate me. Look to me. Let me show you. Let me put it into practice. You can look to Christ. Look to me. But the main thing is we keep our eyes on Christ. Now, verse 2. Now I commend you because you remember me and everything and maintain your traditions even as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. So that was where we left off last time. And he's sort of putting everything in perspective. Again, Christ is the head of everything. And Christ puts man in charge to take care of his wife. And... um and this relationship between the man and the woman is much like the relationship between Jesus and the Heavenly Father. Jesus is equal to the Father, but he allows himself to be uh, in a servant position to the Father. Just as a woman is completely equal to the husband, but in the marriage relationship, she uh, is the helper to the husband. 
And so that's the relationship that God sets up. Verse 4, every man who prays or prophecies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays or prophecies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, since it is the same as if her head were shaven. Now, a couple of things on this, because we're getting into some nitty-gritty stuff here. But first off, um, the man doesn't need to shave his doesn't need to uncover his head. It dishonors his head if he prays or he's prophesies. Okay? He doesn't need to. But the woman, first, notice that the woman is allowed to pray and is allowed to prophecy. Okay? So, this this sort of thinking, as McGee made the point that uh, the, the Bible is saying that women can't do these things, is wrong. I mean, the women can pray or prophecy and prophesy means when you're speaking to others on behalf of God. So women can teach. Women can prophecy. But uh, with her head uncovered, it says dishonors her head, for it's the same as if her head was shaven. Now, what does this mean? This In this culture, in this uh, Corinthian culture, um, as my study Bible points out, as McGee points out, Paul is speaking about this um, common thing that if a woman was walking around with her head uncovered, uh, many times in the temple, that meant she was a prostitute. And the prostitutes were supposed to shave their heads, or a lot of these people involved in the religious activities. So going around with the head uncovered was a dishonorable thing because the prostitute was not in the Christian faith. It was part of idol worship. So that was, he was calling that out. So he's basically saying the woman, if she's praying or prophesying, keep her head covered because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to do anything that would cause somebody else to stumble or fall. And just like we were talking in, in chapter 10, you know, you have liberty in Christ, but the, the, you're limited in your liberty by love. So we want to be w- considerate of other people's feelings. And there's a, if you're in a place where you are, uh, where other people are walking around and your head is uncovered, you might cause somebody else to misunderstand you and that would cause them to stumble maybe in their faith so that's what he's saying here it looks like so keep your head covered it's not that that's a command to do that as i'm seeing it as my study bible is explaining it it is as my study bible says the Action may have connotated sexual availability or may simply have been a sign of being unmarried. So that's sort of looks like where that's coming from. Verse 6, for if a wife will not cover her head, then she should cut her hair short. But since it is disgraceful for the wife to cut her off her hair or shave her head, let her cover her head. Okay, so that's the practice within that cultural uh, norm, it looks like there. Verse 7, for a man 
ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but a woman is the glory of man. For the man was not made from woman, but woman from man. So in other words, it is also sort of a, a covering as a um, sign of, of um, respect for the relationship in that marriage. For the woman comes from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That is why a wife ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, I do not understand what the angels mean. And uh, the symbol of authority sort of meant, is sort of like our symbol of marriage today. Today, in our culture, the woman has a ring on her finger as a symbol of marriage. And the man has a, a ring on his finger as a symbol of marriage. But in this culture, it looks like they didn't have rings, but they all they had was a symbol of marriage as a head covering. So that that's it looks like where that's coming from. And he's talking about head coverings. It could be talking about wedding rings today. If you're married, if you give yourself to someone else, that's what marriage is. That was the, that is, you know, of course, marriage is a Christian tradition. And of course, the world today takes marriage and just takes God out of marriage. And they just, people say, oh, we want to get married, but we don't have to get married in a church. Or it doesn't have to be religious, but we want to get married and da, 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 da. But originally marriage is sacred and holy. It is the holy union of a man and a woman, which God made woman for man, and God made man to take care of the woman. And so, um, the symbol of the marriage is where this is coming from. And if a woman is walking around with no symbol of marriage, you're not doing the, you're not honoring the, the marriage and uh, so that is, uh, I believe, kind of where this is co this this conversation is is uh, in is targeted, and I don't know about the angels, but and as McGee says, it is interesting to know, to think about, when we are living our lives, if we dwell on the fact that God is aware, and perhaps. His angels are aware of who we are and what we are doing. Verse 11, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man nor man of woman. In other words, this is a union. Verse 12, For as woman was made from man, so man is now born of woman. All things are from God. All right, so again, this is a union. This is an interconnectedness. Verse 13, judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a wife to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace for him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. Verse 16, for uh, excuse me, if anyone is inclined to be contentious, we have no such practice, nor do the churches of God. So in other words, judge for yourself. Just look at it. 
He's saying, you know, if a woman is praying or teaching, um, does it look right? Because you might see that as this woman might, you know, be judged as being a prostitute or, you know, somebody like that. And it just doesn't look right. He's just saying, he's trying to say, look at it from a common sense perspective. And of course, if the man is wearing his hair long, it's disgraceful because there's a lot of men probably don't look very attractive with it. And there's a lot of men, you know, going bald. There's a lot of men, you know, it's not like a woman. The woman has hair. And um, it's a, um, and, and God's just, and, and Paul is just saying, you know, um, it's to the woman's glory. And um, it's not so much to the man's glory. And because uh, the man is not really built around beauty, uh, the man is built around maybe um, work, doing things for work. So um, he's just saying, look at it from common sense perspective. You can look at it from God's perspective, what the union is, what the marriage is, and just from the common sense perspective. And then, you know, he's saying in, in verse 16, if anybody's inclined to be contentious or, you know, argumentative about all this stuff, we don't, we're not here to argue. So nor do the churches of God. So he's just trying to say, look, do what is proper. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. That goes back to verse 1 in chapter 11. So this is where we're going to stop. Um, again, we have liberty in the Lord Christ, but that liberty is limited by love. We want to think about doing things that won't bring someone else down. So, we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through this great book of 1 Corinthians. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 4 all the way through to verse 16. So Paul is saying here that he's put down a principle that he, sorry, that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So if a man has been mastered or is being guided in you know in other words that's what it means if a man is being has been mastered by the Lord Jesus Christ and he is his head this Jesus Christ is man's head and the wife sees in that man one that loves her then she will actually normally and just naturally make him the head of her life and home so you know as women we see that and just naturally we will follow men's lead 
you know, if, if, um, if women tend to see that, if women actually see that, you know, a man who loves God and is mastered by the Lord Jesus Christ. So Christ voluntarily submitted himself to the Father and took a place for our redemption and the head of Christ is God. So in Corinth, the, the woman was taking a different position and that position was a low position than what initially God had intended for a woman's position to be. Okay, I'll begin reading at verse 4. Scripture reads, Every man praying for so every man praying or prophesying having his head covered dishonors his head so a man should not have his head covered when praying or prophesying so when paul what you know when paul here is speaking for god praying means his speaking for man to God, making intercession. Prophecy here means his speaking for God to man. Verse 5 goes on to read, But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head, for that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. So from this principle, Paul draws this statement. So man should have his head uncovered and woman should have her head covered when praying and prophesying to God. Verse 6 goes on to read, For a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is shameful, for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. So this has direct application to Corinth. And, you know, they are two things that we should say at this particular point. So the facts are, the Bible makes it clear that God is interested in what you wear. And that's just a fact. And how you actually fix your hair. So God has a great deal to say about this and the great details of our lives come to his inspection. So we might think, oh, you know, God is more concerned about other things, but the Lord knows the number of hairs that we have on our head. So the most intimate details of our lives are an open book to God. You know, we may hide and cover up in front of man, but, you know, God knows it's an open book, all those details that we think we're hiding. So Paul is saying here that every man and woman that prays and prophesies, so this means that uh, women can actually pray and speak in public. So the woman has the right, if she has the gift, to actually pray and preach. I know here um, of a church that's just gone hayway because they've allowed women to actually preach in the church and the men are just, you know, saying, you know, that's not right. That's, 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 that's against 
biblical teachings. But here we have, you know, um, woman is like a blanket statement representing both man and woman. So Paul here is saying that every woman that prays and prophesies. So praying is man speaking to God. Prophesying is man speaking for God to man. So this means everyone can pray and speak in public. So the woman has the right if she has the gift. So it says here that she has her head uncovered. She dishonors her head. So we need to understand that the there was something that gave this um you know a real application in that situation so let me just read verse 6 again and it says it reads for if a woman is not covered let her also be shorn but if it is shameful for her to be shorn or shaved let her be covered so it had you know a peculiar or um and you know a peculiar and particular uh, application to Corinth so the unveiled woman in Corinth was a prostitute in those days and many of them were actually shaven so in the temple of Aphrodite Aphrodite they were a thousand vestue virgins just technically prostitutes and their heads were shaved and the women that came with the woman that actually came with her head and sh- and covered was a prostitute and the the woman in Corinth said all things are lawful for me so we don't need our heads covered and this uh veil is a mark of subjection not to man but to god so when one goes into the church with a hat on um you know that's subjection to god so this was the application to corinth so if a woman is to lead in the ministry she should actually have her head covered and if we look in first timothy 2 verse 8 to 10 it reads i deserve therefore that the man pray everywhere lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting in like manner also that the woman the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works so Paul here um, is saying um, is, you know what Paul here is saying is if a woman is to lift up holy hands in the service in the leading she is not to actually come adorn herself in this way because the woman is not to use sex appeal in approaching God and she will actually also never um, you know help lead a husband to Christ 
uh, adorned by that. So sex appeal never has helped any women lead their men to Christ. So if we look in the book of Peter, in First Peter, um, that's First Peter 3 verse 1, it reads, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. And First uh, Peter again, uh, verse 3, Chapter 3, verse 4, goes on to read, Rather, um, verse 4 reads, sorry, Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And dropping down to verse 7, trees, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together with the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Okay. So, um, this is... The knowledge they're talking about is spiritual knowledge. So many families gave their, you know, they actually have their prayers hindered because the husband and wife are not getting along as they should and using the proper, and they're not using the proper approach. So God is saying to the wife in First Peter, you can't win your husband to Christ by just sex appeal. Jezebel tried it. And it didn't work. Queen Esther tried it. It didn't work. Salome tried it. And it didn't work. But these, those that actually stand out in scripture as being wonderful godly women. Um, that God used. That Sarah, Deborah, Hannah, Abigail, and Mary, mother of Jesus. Okay. So, verse 7. Okay, of... First Corinthians chapter 11 reads, For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but women, woman is the glory of man. So here Paul is talking about the, this principle that has given, that's his given here as applies to a man. Verse 8 goes on to read, For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Verse 9, Nor has man created for the woman, but woman. So, nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. So, it's impo the important thing to keep into consideration um, is a woman's place is to be a helpmate to the man. No man is complete without a woman. And, you know, there are exceptions, though, to that accord. 
and we'll actually get in this later in other passages okay so verse 10 goes on to read for this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels dr jeev mcgee you know said in all honesty he doesn't really understand and the reference here to angels um would like to safely assume we are probably being observed today by god's great intelligences okay we are being observed our conduct and everything verse 11 goes on to read nevertheless neither is man independent of woman no woman independent of man in the lord so this is the power of a woman so hold a man because a woman and a man hold a woman cause his a man so this is a marriage relationship they ought to be dependent on each other and when this doesn't exist you don't have that which is ideal for god's ideal for any moment or any marriage so a uh, woman is man's help and you know they ought to depend on each other man is not complete without a woman in his life um though yeah there are exceptions to this verse 12 goes on to read for a, for as woman came from man even so man also comes through woman but all things are from god so they are inseparable. A man becomes complete with a woman. No woman or man is a sphere, you know, or exists on their own. The man needs the woman and the woman needs the man. You know, man, woman came from man. Man comes through woman. So, um... So yeah, um, they're codependent. Verse 13 goes on to read, Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? So no woman ought to actually call attention to herself when she is in public speaking for the Lord or teaching a Bible class. There should be no appeal of sex and we have this in the liberal church, you know, yes, dress your best for God. But, you know, women nowadays, they actually go all out and it's just all about the appeal to themselves, drawing attention to themselves. So a woman has the power to actually lift up or drag a man down. The woman has that power. So if a husband is married to, you know, a woman who does not give him proper advice and all, you know, it will show. It will actually show. Verse 14 goes on to read, Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? So in the Old Testament, there was a Nazarite vow that men took. They did it dedicated to God, so they were not to cut their hair. And that meant that they were willing to bear shame for God's um for yeah they were willing to bear 
be ashamed for God's sake. So Samson, you know, he was not a strong individual physically. So he was, you know, a weasley little man. Um, he couldn't even get his own girl. He actually went and asked his mother to get him a girl. So he had long hair because he was a Nazarite. Verse 15 goes on to read. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given to her for a covering. Verse 16. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. So today, we have liberty in Christ. If one wants to actually grow long hair, they are free to do so. Today, there is a moral decay in our society. And there is a danger of being an extremist and going in either direction. So there is a rebellion today against, you know, um, Puritan's theology. And there is a danger in moving in the extreme direction, in that which is a normal thing that's crossing the line. You find some people today, you know, there's always these things of, oh, no, no, I want to have the longest hair in the world and be the Guinness Book of Records. Oh, no, I want to have, you know, there's just extremes. And Paul is saying here that it's not really the haircut or style of the dress. He says, um, we have no such custom, nor do the church. No, do the churches of God. So in this uh, connection, the church should not make rules with about women dressing or men's hair. It's the inner man that really needs a makeover. So all of us need the robe of righteousness to be clothed in and our old nature is under the control of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is giving it a makeover. And this will be a, and this will be able to take care of the outer man. So once you have that in a makeover and all, it will just come out. You know, you you just think to yourself, this is not appropriate. So in Christian history, we should think of others and what is our testimony to sorry, in Christian liberty, not history, in Christian liberty, we should always learn to think of others and what is our testimony to others. So is it going to make somebody uncomfortable if I do this or if I drink this, if I look a certain way? So, you know, where my liberty um, starts and ends, rather where my liberty ends is where some other person's liberty begins. So I should be mindful as not to... Um, you know, as not, as not to affect the liberty of a fellow uh, brother, sister. You know, it might affect them, their a weaker brother, you know, a weaker brother in the faith. So we should always, because our lives, the way we actually present ourselves is actually a testimony to other people. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening and God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.